This morning, I would like to title my message as Flesh and the Spirit. Flesh and the Spirit. You know, it has been tough for me in a couple of days as I was preparing for this message. I really had a tough time in understanding this and I was not sure how I am going to present this of what is running in my mind. And this is what I could come out with this morning. Just please bear with me and listen to me. Today, as a Christian, we all go through different kinds of struggles in our lives. We want to live a life that is victorious for the glory of God. But we fail many times. And you and I need to be frank in the presence of God that many times we struggle, I struggle in my Christian walk with the Lord. I hope the same with you all because we all are, we are all the fellow travelers of this journey that we have on this earth. But you know, we don't want to really fall many times and get up and run again, but we want to constantly run for the Lord. You know, there are three enemies that we come across often. They are basically the enemies of our intimacy with our Lord God. The number one, the world that we are living in. Number two, the flesh that we are living in. Number three, the devil that we are living with. These three are the enemies of my spiritual walk with the Lord. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The world and the devil are external to me, but to this morning I'm more worried about something that is internal, something that is within me, is my flesh. And this morning let's try to spend some time to understand our flesh in the light of the word of God. You know, today for us, our body is so important. Our flesh is so important. We spend money and we spend time together to maintain and to take care of our body. We do exercise. We apply perfumes. We use cosmetics. We do makeup. And we do a lot of things to take care of our body. It's all good. And if you don't do those things, you are in trouble, right? So I want every one of you to dress up properly and put on your makeup and come to church as if you are angels. <clears throat> so it's all important that we need to do everything that we are doing to live on this earth. We need to take care of our body. But scripture doesn't give much significance to our flesh. You know, I was wondering why scripture is talking about it. The same scripture says that you are the temple of God and your body is the temple of God. You need to maintain your body. You need to take care of your body. If you defile your body, you know, God will destroy you. The same scripture also does not give much importance to our flesh. Flesh is not giving, given much importance in the word of God. Psalm 103 verse 14 says, For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. He remembers that we are dust. We are taken out of the dust. And our flesh is going to go back to the dust. Job 34.15 says, All flesh would perish together. And man would return to dust. Scripture not at all gives importance to our flesh. Scripture very clearly says that our flesh, our body is going to go back to the dust. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7 says, Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, 
and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Our body, our physical body came from the dust and once we die, our body goes back to the dust and our spirit goes back to God from where it came. You can imagine and you can see and you know, balance it and see the kind of importance the scripture is giving to our flesh. Jesus, before he was betrayed, he went to the garden of Gethsemane. And he took Peter, John and James along with him. And scripture says he went further to pray with them. And Jesus asked them to continue to watch and wait and pray. And Jesus went a little further and scripture says he fell on to the ground and he prayed. And what he prayed, this is what he prayed. He prayed, take up this cup from me, Lord. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not that I will, but what you will. And that's what Jesus prayed. When he came back, we don't know how many hours later he came back to see his disciples, but he found them sleeping. Scripture says in Mark 14, verses 37 to 38, Mark 14, Jesus looked at Peter and he asked him one question, Simon, are you sleeping? Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour for me? And verse 38 says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. And he said an amazing truth that you and I struggle to understand. He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit indeed is willing. And I see there in the scripture, the smallest, not the capitalist, the smallest that represents the spirit within me, not the Holy Spirit, the spirit within me. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak. Jesus could acknowledge that. Looking at the disciples, he said, your spirit is willing that you wanted to pray, but your flesh is so weak that you are not able to pray. The scripture has not given due importance to the flesh at all. The number one enemy to our spiritual life is our own flesh. I don't know whether you agree with me or not. How many of you agree with me? The number one enemy to our spiritual life is our flesh. You know, God wants us to know he is the enemy. Our flesh is the enemy for our intimacy with the Lord. That doesn't mean that we need to get out of our flesh. We will be in trouble. No, we need to continue to live in our flesh. But we need to know what our flesh can do to us. We need to know the limitations of our flesh. Once we know that God has given us the ability to overcome those limitations. That's what we are trying to understand this morning. God wants us to deal with this enemy, our flesh. Let's turn to Mark chapter 14. As we are there right now, right there in, in verse 13. Jesus said, spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit, as he said, the refers to the spirit that is within us. If that spirit is gone, I'm dead today. In Ecclesiastes, as we read, chapter 12, verse 7, then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God. God has given that precious spirit within us. When God made Adam and Eve and he breathed the breath of life into their nostrils, that spirit came into our life and Adam became a living being. Our spirit is given by God. And our spirit, since it came from God, it wants to connect with God. You know, that's why human beings are seeking for God, whereas all the other beings won't. We are seeking after God. That's why people are so, you know, so uh, behind the spiritual things. Wherever they find the spiritual things, human are attracted 
where you find honey, the ants are attracted, attracted the same way. Wherever you find spiritual things happening, whether it is from God or it is from the devil, they don't even care. They are attracted because our spirit always wants to connect with God, but the flesh is weak. Our spirit longs to connect with God. You know, when we come in the early morning prayer, I understand the struggle I go through in my body. We want to get up in the early morning and pray, but the flesh is so weak. It doesn't want to get up from the bed. But the spirit says, I want to go for the prayer. But the, our flesh is so weak. Spirit seeks after the holy things of God. But the flesh desires to enjoy the world. Every day morning, when we get up to pray, the spirit says, get up quickly. But the flesh says, sleep for some more time. Don't you feel that? It's only, you know, just maybe five more minutes, maybe ten more minutes. Just sleep a little more time. And when you sleep, the one hour is gone. That you don't, you lose time to pray. You know, that happens to me and it happens to every one of us. Spirit says, go to church. But the flesh says, just be at home. Right? That's a reality. Spirit says, involve yourself in the ministry, in the work of God. But flesh says, oh, there are a couple of other people. They, are, they will take care of it. They are very talented. They know how to handle instruments and they know how to preach. They will do their job. You just, just go and just come back. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. At times, you know, how much our flesh murmurs and complains when something is not working out in our lives. Our flesh always complains, always murmurs. When we listen to the voice of the flesh, we tend to go away from God. You know, Jesus wanted his disciples to know this fact. He expected at least Peter and John and James will be awake, praying along with him, supporting him in prayer as Jesus was going through that terrific moment in his life. He thought the burden will be shared by at least three of the disciples, but their flesh did not allow. Their flesh did not allow. You know, our life is made of spirit, soul, and body. But we see one thing is contrary to the other one. Our spirit is contrary to the body. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is not cooperating. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak and it's not able to cooperate with the spirit. And we see a constant fight going on between the spirit and our flesh every day. You know, but at the end of the day, who is satisfied? Whether the flesh or the spirit. You know, when we feel like that we have achieved something, or when we feel that we are happy in our flesh, our flesh is satisfied. Most of the time when we go to the end of the day, we think about the achievements that we made on the day, and our flesh is so puffed up, so happy, and we go to bed. But what about our spirit? Our spirit becomes weak. If I have not prayed, if I have not given enough time for God, if I have not meditated on the word of God, my spirit becomes weak. And when we go to bed, our flesh is so happy that it has achieved so many things in the day, but the spirit is so tired. The spirit is not happy at all. Susanna Wesley, the mother of the great preachers and hymn writers, John Wesley and Charles Wesley, she described sin and the flesh in this way. Just listen to this. Whatever weakens your reasoning impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, 
or takes away your relish for spiritual things. In short, if anything increases the authority and power of the flesh over the spirit, that you that to you becomes sin, however good it is in itself. She says, anything that increases the authority and power of your flesh, that becomes sin for you. Anything that exalts your flesh, then your spirit, that becomes sin for you, how much ever good it may be. You know, as we live on this earth, God expects us not to walk in our flesh, but to walk in the spirit. Let's take it further, a little more further to see the desires of our flesh. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. Galatians chapter 5. We will be referring some scriptures from Galatians as well as from Romans. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. Scripture says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Flesh desires against the spirit, and the spirit desires against the flesh. And here we see the spirit is capital S. That means it refers to Holy Spirit. The spirit of God, he can very well connect with our human spirit. The spirit of God desires something within us and that is against the flesh. And our flesh desires something that is against this Holy Spirit. What is the desire of the flesh? Scripture says, if you can read further with me, desire of the flesh. It talks about you and me today as we read the scriptures. Verse 19, Galatians 5. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revileries. These are the nature of our flesh are the desires of our flesh what is the desire of the spirit galatians 5 verse 22 and 23 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control here we see the desire of the flesh and the desire of the spirit by looking at those terms we understand they themselves are contrary to each other and as our flesh Desires the things of this flesh, works of this flesh. And the spirit of God within us along with our spirit desire the, 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 the desires of the spirit. See how much contradiction we go through within our lives, within our own beings. You know many times we talk and we so are so proud about us. We are so proud about the spiritual achievements in our lives. But these scriptures remind reminds me that we should never forget that we are still living in our flesh. We are still living in our flesh. You know, we have a constant fight that is going on within us between the flesh and the spirit. There is a fight between darkness and light. There is a fight between evil and God. And we as a human being, we go through in our lives day in and day out. And this fight will end on the day when my spirit leaves my body. This constant fight is happening within me. You know, man of God says, he was so frustrated 
All along, he, he, he worked for God in God's kingdom. I don't want to mention his name, but he's a very well-known man of God on the deathbed. He said, I'm fr so frustrated to see my flesh is still in action. Something that I don't, I don't want to desire, my flesh desires. You know, we should never forget that we are still living in our flesh. The, sometime, you know, we, when, we, when we are blessed with some of the spiritual blessings and the material blessings even, you know, we are so puffed up and we see that everything is going well and we are so happy, but you know, we still need to remember that we are still continue to live in our flesh. Somebody who is standing today, he cannot say that I am standing because of my own strength. I am standing because of the grace of God. Because our, we cannot guarantee in what time our flesh will be reacting against us. What is the word of God tells us this morning to each and every one of us? What is the counsel of God in this situation? We find a couple of results, answers there in Galatians 5. Galatians 5.16, Paul writes in Galatians 5.16, but if you, Galatians 5.16, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Paul's simple advice, he's saying walk in the spirit walk in the spirit so you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh so if you do not fulfill the desires of the flesh our spirit is so happy our spirit is able to connect with God for that we need to walk in the spirit Galatians 5:18 says but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law of sin or the law of death if you are led by the Spirit, we need to walk in the Spirit. We need to be led by the Spirit. And Galatians 5.24, Scripture says in 5.24, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. The third advice Paul is giving there, Allow your flesh to be crucified with Christ for its passion and its desires. That's tough. How can we allow our flesh to be crucified? Allow it to be crucified. You know, someone puts it this, says, said this way. When flesh says, enjoy particular thing that is prevented, forbidden in the word of God. The flesh will say, they are just for your friends. They may be your co-workers. Nobody is seeing. No one knows what you do. Just go for it and enjoy it. That's what the flesh tells us. But when the flesh tells such thing to us, if we say no to the voice of the flesh, we are crucifying our flesh. When we get some evil thoughts in our minds, we try to build on those thoughts and we try to imagine the evil in our lives because our flesh is so happy as we think about it and as we enjoy, we try to enjoy those unwanted things within ourselves. And the moment you stop and say no, no to flesh, you know, that's where we are crucifying our flesh. And if our spirit has to connect with God, scripture tells us we need to walk by spirit, we need to be led by spirit, we need to crucify our flesh. Galatians 5.25, scripture also says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Scripture talks about living in the spirit, walking in the spirit, crucifying our, our flesh, so that we will not meet the desires of our flesh, we will meet the desires of the spirit. It is easy to preach, but when it comes to 
put that in practice. We go through it. All of us go through it in our lives. Scripture also talks about in Romans 7. Let's go to Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 7. Scripture talks about the law of sin and the law of God. The law of sin and the law of God. Let's read Romans chapter 7, verse 15 to 24. Just listen to these scriptures. Romans 7, verse 15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. Paul says, it's such a precious, matured man of God, who talked to God, who deals with God, who met Jesus on the way to Damascus, who was a man of God, who was a Pharisee, sat at the feet of Gamaliel and read the scriptures thoroughly. And he got such a great revelation about Lord Jesus Christ. And he says at the end of his life, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will, I will to do that I do not pay, practice. But what I hate, that's what I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that, is, that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Because it is very sure Paul was living in his flesh. And obviously there was sin in his flesh. That's what he is referring to. Verse 18. For I know that in me, and he refers in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find in me. Verse 19, for the good that I will to do, I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that is what I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Verse 21, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Verse 22, for I delight in the law of God according to them inward man but i see another law in my members he's referring to his own body he's referring to his own flesh i see another law in my flesh warring against the law of my mind that that is from god and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members in my flesh O richard man that i am who will deliver me from this body of death law of god and law of sin Paul was so surprised to see the law of sin still functioning in his body. It is so true. The law of sin still functions in our body, in our lives as we live on this earth. Do we know that there is another force operating in our flesh that is called the law of sin? What is the law of sin? If we tell a two-year-old two boy not to touch something, <coughs> what he or she does, he goes, and he touches that. It's exactly they do. Opposite of what we tell them to do. <clears throat> Not only kids, even adults they do. Right? Even we do. What exactly opposite is what we try to do at times. That's what is called the law of sin. Nobody need to tell us. Nobody need to train the two-year-old kid. Because it is part of it. It is all inherited from our forefathers as they fell in sin. That's what is law of sin. So sin takes a legal authority within our lives 
within our body and it takes position in our lives and it says that I am there in your body legally I am allowed to be there in your body that's what sin says because it has it is it has an inheritance it is it has a connection it is taken from the forefathers as Adam inherited that sin in his body and this sin binds us and this law of sin enslaves us and we become slave to the sin without our knowledge we start obeying we start yielding to the temptations as we sin in our lives and the law of sin says there is no escape for you because you are bound you are bound only when you die you can escape out of it that's what the law of sin says it is a legal occupancy of sin within our lives but what is the law of spirit or the law of God once we become children of God the guidance the desire and the power that Holy Spirit that gives us will help us to walk away from the sin even though the law of sin is still found in our lives the law of spirit helps us to walk towards holiness it's a constant fight with happening within us between the flesh and the spirit between God our good and evil in our lives the law of the spirit sets us free from the law of sin thank God the law of the spirit is more powerful than the law of sin because Jesus paid it all at the cross the, at the cross the work that Jesus performed is so powerful than the work of the enemy then what sin can bring in our lives because Jesus did that precious work at the cross to redeem us from the law or the bondage of sin Romans 6 18 scripture says Romans 6 18 having been set free from sin you became slaves of righteousness having been set free from the sin when it happens the moment that we allow we invite Holy Spirit the presence of the living God in our hearts the moment we allow him we are set free from sin and we became slaves of righteousness that doesn't mean that we are not living in our flesh we are still living in our flesh but God has given us ability and power to overcome the work of the sin in our lives Romans 6 14 says for sin shall not have dominion over you sin has shall not have power over you for you are not under law but under grace but under grace thank God that we are under grace we are not under law of sin you know Paul talks about a constant fight that is going on within us between sin and the spirit between life and death between the flesh and the spirit between good and the evil and again I thank God because the law of spirit is so powerful than the law of sin finally our flesh doesn't always fight against the spirit not only fight against the spirit it also take control over our minds you know that's the dangerous part let's go to Romans chapter 8 again verses 5 to 11 let's read Romans chapter 8 verse 5 to 11 for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace verse 7 because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be verse 8 says so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God 
Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That simply tells us if we yield ourselves to our flesh and if we obey what our flesh says, we cannot please God. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Even though we are living in the flesh, the flesh is not dominating us. The spirit of God is dominating us. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not of his. Verse 10. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. The body will go back to dust because that's where it came from. Because there is nothing good in the body because it is already inherited sin in it is in it. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. In a carnally or fleshly minded and spiritually minded. You know, how does it all work together? The desire of our flesh sets our mind to sin. The desire of our flesh, the craving nature of our flesh gets into our mind and it corrupts our mind and we tend to sin and we fall into temptation. We sin in our mind. We may not sin physically, but we sin in our mind. Flesh at times governs or controls our mind. But God wants our minds to be driven not by our flesh, but by the Spirit of God. You know, that's where Paul writes in Colossians when he writes. He says in Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of the earth. You know, how do we control mind? We cannot control by in mind by doing yoga or meditation. No, we cannot control mind by doing so many other things, so many movements and exercises. We can control mind, how? By setting our mind not on the things of this earth. If our mind is always set, how do I work? How do I work over time? How do I get more money? How do I work on Sunday morning? How do we work more shift? How do I you know, earn more and more and more? If we set our minds on the things of the earth, not on the things above, our mind will be corrupted. We need to work. We need to do our time. We need to do everything. But where our mind is, our mind needs to be with God, with the things of the heaven. The more we rejoice, the question I ask within me is, am I rejoicing more on the things that I see? Maybe I see the ministry, I see people around me. Am I rejoicing more over them or more over the blessings of, the, of this world or... I'm rejoicing that one day I'm going to be with my Lord. God is already preparing a mansion for me. Where is my joy? Which is making me, helping me to get delighted. You now God is asking us to set our minds on above. Set our minds on the things above. In Romans 12, 2, Romans 12, verse 2, Paul writes and saying, And do not be conformed to the things of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is true that we are children of God. It is true that we receive Jesus Christ within us. But same time, we still have the power struggle going on within us, between the spirit and between the flesh. And it all depends how or who controls our mind. It all depends who is overpowering, whether the flesh or the spirit. 
And if we set our eyes upon the things of this world, the flesh overpowers and that controls our mind and our mind is enslaved by the flesh. And Paul says our mind needs to be renewed. There should be a renewal of mind taking place in our lives. And then, it is no more the flesh that is governing our mind. It's a spirit. We will not get those evil thoughts. We will not get those angriest moments in our lives, thinking so bad about something. The question I ask again, if I hate somebody, I don't want to hate anybody, but if I don't like somebody, when something good happens to him, what is the first reaction of my mind? We don't like somebody, for example. For example, I don't like Debbie. And if something good happens to Debbie, what is the first reaction happens to my mind? Don't I think that, Lord, why this happens to her? After all, and we go on and on, and Debbie is like this, like this, like that. You know, we go on and on, right? What is our first reaction to our mind? That's the reality. That's what we are. That's what we are. And God is telling us, we need to renew our minds. So this morning we talked about our flesh being one of the enemies of our intimate relationship with God. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit desires against the flesh, and the flesh desires against the spirit. And God is telling us to walk in the spirit, to live in the spirit, to crucify our flesh. That means saying no to sin, boldly saying no to sin. The legal aspects of the sin and the legal authority that sin can take over in, get in our lives and to bring our mind under control. Flesh driving our mind. God is saying that we need to set our minds upon things above, not upon the things of this world. And this morning, I don't want any, anything to come in between my relationship with my father. I cannot allow that because I have struggled all along in my life to build my spiritual walk with the Lord. And I cannot afford something that comes on my way. It may be a relationship. It may be a friendship. It may be something that is happening, something that is bothering my life. I cannot allow such thing to come in between my relationship with my Father in heaven. I cannot allow anything to break the intimacy that I have with my Father in heaven. I believe it's the same thing with you. And we can never allow our flesh to dominate this morning. Shall we just all stand for a moment for a time of prayer? God has spoken to us this morning. God wants us to walk in spirit, not in flesh. My words may be limited. I don't know how I could convey what I wanted to convey. But this morning, I believe the Spirit of God is speaking to you. I believe the voice of the Holy Spirit is heard in the midst of us this morning. We need to ask God, Lord, Lord, I get carried away by the thought of the flesh. When I take time and when I kneel down to pray, I struggle over to control my mind. My mind never gets connected with you, Lord. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I kneel down. But Lord, I pray, but I never got connected with you. Some of our prayer life is in that, in that fashion. We couldn't connect to God because when we kneel down, so many things are running in our minds. 
because our flesh is at rest and mind is very active and this morning God is telling you you cannot allow your flesh to drive your mind you need to allow the spirit of the Holy Spirit to drive your mind and we need to bring that control by the help of the Holy Spirit as we meditate on the word as we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit then only God can speak to us then only we can hear his voice and this morning God is telling you do not allow such simple things such cheap things to break the intimacy that God is expecting you to have with him let's not sell those precious things for the cost of enjoying in flesh let's not sell those precious blessings that God has given us as we want to enjoy a little moment in our flesh this morning God is asking us to crucify all our desires along with him at the cross let's make that personal commitment to God this morning and tell him Lord I am falling and raising I am falling and again getting up Lord I want a steady walk with you Lord I want a constant walk with you Lord just cry out to him this morning for help hallelujah